Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 41. So we are getting closer and closer to that magical 52 podcast episodes because that means that we've been officially doing this for one year. And I'm actually pretty excited about that. Uh, I actually have an experienced podcaster on the uh, podcast with us today. And in talking with him, he's done podcasting for over five years. So I'm excited to learn a little bit about podcasting uh, and some of the things that he's been able to achieve with that. But uh, ultimately, I want to introduce my guest, Ryan Eller. And uh, if you haven't heard of Ryan, I'm going to give him an opportunity to kind of uh, fill in the gaps of some of the uh, things that he's been up to. But uh, when I first heard about Ryan, he was actually introduced to me uh, by Amber Day. And if you remember Amber Day, she was uh, a guest that we had on a podcast probably about 10, 15 podcasts ago. And she was talking about finding purpose in life and and finding out, you know, what not, not necessarily what you're good at, but finding the things that give you life. And after we kind of talked, I said, Amber, that was a fantastic podcast. Who are some other people that we could talk to that would kind of really fit in with what we're trying to achieve with the podcast? And she said that the first person that she thought of uh, was Ryan. And so I said, we need to find a way to get Ryan on here. And as I've been able to do a little bit of research on him and kind of find out a little about what, uh, what he's doing, I said, you know what, you're absolutely right. So today's the day, Ryan, you are here. You are the bucket list guy. You are the guy who is uh, focused on creating a bucket list and being intentional with your life building teams, doing leadership trainings. You actually are involved with a camp called the 20 camp. You're the program director for that, I believe. You are out there really not just accomplishing your goals, but helping other people accomplish their goals as well. So if you don't mind, and I know that people don't always like to talk about themselves, but if you could talk a little bit about kind of what has gotten you to this point. Why why bucket list and why helping other people grow as people? Evan, I love talking about myself. You got it. You got the right. <laughs> I've had a podcast yes. for several years and it's because I don't know who listens to it. It might be mom. I know my business partner, Jared, and I do it. But it's like my mom and Jared's mom. And then I listen to the episodes over and over again because uh, not much better than hear yourself talk. But yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Muskogee boy, born and raised, um, moved to the Tulsa area, 2009. And we started a company called Paradigm Shift. We do leadership training development. We put on large educational camps, workshops, uh, team building days. We do keynote speaking. And then we moved into the corporate sector uh, two or three years ago where we started working with uh, medium-sized corporations on how to work more effectively and how to be more intentional with their time while they're together. So it's fun that you mentioned bucket list. I'm the bucket list guy because I like I like being known as the bucket list guy. Uh, and I I came up with this, everybody's served bucket list, right? So Evan, do you have a bucket list? 
I do not have a bucket list. Okay, so you have bucket thoughts would be my guess. I'm guessing yes. everybody listening to this, you have these these ideas, these things that you want to do in your life. But I think everyone thinks that it's like the movie, the bucket list, where it's like, yeah. uh, we're going to do these you know, travel, we're going to adventure, we're going to do these things before we die. And really, it is that. A bucket list are, is those things. But I was at a workshop in Jackson, Mississippi with uh, some young men this week and we were starting to go through this list and it, we spent uh, legitimately 30 minutes coming up with a bucket list and it starts, it does the exact same thing every time. It starts out with things that you want to do. So I want to travel. I want to experience. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then the more time you spend thinking about it, it turns into these are the things that I should be doing. It talks about your professional goals and dreams and aspirations. And then the more time you spend having these wow conversations, it turns into how can I give back? How can I help other people? And it's so fun to watch that transformation. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I'm the bucket list guy. I like to talk about myself. And uh, I'm uh, originally from Muskogee, now live in Broken Arrow. First and foremost, one of the things that I've clued into pretty much every time I've kind of read about you or even in talking to you a little bit in the pre-show is we talk about being intentional, being intentional with uh, what you're doing in your life and being intentional with how you help others. And just the word intentional kind of has been lately just jumping off the page at me. And so I'm, I'm very intrigued to hear what your thoughts are about what it means to live intentionally. All right. So let me let me tell you, last year... 2016, I kind of felt that I had a stagnant year. And I don't know if anyone who's listening to this has felt this way before. Professionally, we had a lot of growth. We doubled in business. We hired more people. Um, we worked with more clients. We went to more states. We did more things, and it was great. But personally, I felt like as a husband, a father, a friend, um, that I was more stagnant. And I you know, for the past five or six years, we've been talking about, hey, live intentionally, live intentionally, live intentionally. And then this last year, it was, well, I've been focusing so much on business that I have not been being intentional with my self-growth or my self-care. And it's this idea of if we, life is so busy and we have so much going on that if we do not focus on the right things, the small things really about doing those and focus on our big goals and the small things it takes to get those big goals, then you end up having a year like I had where, mm -hmm. hey, there might be some growth in some areas, but I gained weight. I um, was not as active I was. I wasn't as good as a husband, wasn't as good as a father. And so this year I've been very intentional. My word of the year is excellence. There's a quote, Evan, by Aristotle that says, we are, we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, mm -hmm. but a habit. And I like this view of excellence being habitual. And so this year I'm focusing on excellence. And if we have to, if excellence is habitual, how do we create positive habits? And it's by doing the small things right every single day. So I have this app, it's called Habit Share. And on there, I'm being intentional about a bunch of small habits. So I'm trying to sleep with my phone away from the bed because I'm really, I'm really bad about that. I'm trying to drink a certain amount of water per day. I'm trying to spend a certain uh, amount of time exercising each day. And I'm trying to spend some time flexing, meditating, reading, all those things, small things so that I can be intentional about my life. And because of that, I'm able to gain momentum. I'm able to grow and I'm able to change and able to see some success. So intentionality to me really is focusing on the little tiny small details that will help you with the big BHAGs of your life. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you kind of really hammered down on the small things because, because I think a lot of times when you're in life and you're going through the different decisions that you're having to make, you think that 
it's going to always come down to that big decision where you're going to have that fork in the road and you're like, it's either I take a, or I take B and it doesn't work that way. And I think a lot of times the easiest way to explain it was, it would be like gaining weight or getting fit. It's those little decisions of, well, I'm not going to eat dessert right now, or I'm not going to go out to eat every single day. And it's those little decisions, but because of those, that excellence is a habit. It's the habit of being a master at the small things. Yeah. And it's interesting uh, because I, we just went to a Mexican food restaurant and I ate too much food and I'm, I'm back at the office. I'm like, man, I'm thinking long-term. My long-term is I want to weigh 195 pounds. You're talking about the goals and I'm sitting at 220 or so pounds right now. That extra queso that I had, I could have said no then, but I'm, I'm the small things sometimes outweigh. So being intentional is, <laughs> is a little bit about sometimes sacrifice a little bit about sometimes being uncomfortable and sometimes it's about a little bit about experience and the intentionality of saying i'm going to try something new because i'm stagnant i'm going to try something different because i've been in the same place for a while or i'm going to i'm going to mix things up and cut some things out credit to don't list so i don't have Mm -hmm. to so i can focus on the things that really matter small things do matter so much i love how you just said don't list we just had uh joe wyland on who uh he owns j david jewelry in broken Mm -hmm. arrow and in, in tulsa and one of the things that he talked about was creating a don't list and until he said it, that was the first time I had ever heard it. And now you're the second person within a couple of podcasts of it too. So talk a little bit about the don't list for you. Like what, what are some of the things on your don't list and and why is that so important to you? You know, it's really interesting. I was, I'm going to go back to about 2011. I was working at Northeastern State University in Broken Arrow as a uh, counselor helping students get into post-secondary education. I loved my job, but I also started Paradigm Shift, uh, the business I'm currently working at. Um, it was a couple of years in. It was my side hustle. I was traveling all over the place, working with groups and giving keynotes and working with students across the country. So those two things going on. I'm a husband um, and my wife got pregnant in 2011. Uh, my other roles, I was advisor of, of a fraternity at NSU in Tahlequah. I was a half marathon coach uh, for Fleet Feet Sports in Tulsa. And I had a few others. I sat on a board. I sat on a couple nonprofit boards. And when my wife got pregnant, I had this thing of like, I only have so much time in a day and I'm going to have a daughter now. And so what something new, it, I'm going to have to take that time away from something. So I had to create this idea of what are the things I'm going to cut out of my life? It's not that I didn't love them or enjoy them or want to do them. It's just that there were other things that were more a priority. And so it's this idea of right now, even if I want to, because my priority is uh, bigger than this. My, my business partner, Jared, just did an event where he was talking about time management of there are these categories that are non-negotiable. So as a husband, non-negotiable. I can't, that's not, I'm going to be a husband no matter what the scenario is. As same with being a father. Um, and for the most part, same with being a businessman, because um, there are a lot of people that depend upon us and we have a lot of things going on. And I love what I do. Um, being on some nonprofit board, maybe more negotiable. Being the coach of my daughter's soccer team, it's a lot more negotiable. Uh, so what are the things that it's like, hey, can we have a conversation of do we have to be doing this? And if not, we're going to put on our don't list. And man, I've even done it. Uh, we're talking about you keep going back to diet. I create a list of foods not to eat. So it can be as small as that. It's like, okay, I can have some flexibility in my diet as long as I stay away from the ice cream. So it, I, this idea of it's not that it's 
they're bad. It's not that it's think of the don't list for me. It's not that they're bad things. It's just that I have different priorities that I should be focusing on. Yeah. And that goes back to living intentionally. If you right. have that intentional mindset that you ultimately do have to say no to certain things. And when you do say no to those things, that allows you to take those steps forward towards the goals that you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. We talked to you, you mentioned a little bit about marathons and, and, and I actually watched your TED talk and I'll put a link in that in the actual show notes for this podcast so people can check out uh, your, your, I think it was about a 15 minute TED talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed it, by the way. Um, I think that, well, at, at the end, you kind of talked about how that was one of the things that you, you actually put on your, your bucket list. And, right. and I think that's one of my bucket thoughts, right? It's one of those things. It's like, you know, it would be really cool to give a TED Talk, something that's in, intriguing and insightful and, and it's something that you can share with other people. But one of the things you talked about in creating your bucket list was um, finding the thing that you thought was the most unachievable or the most difficult thing right. to do, right? And, and what was that thing? Uh, run a marathon. Absolutely. 26.2 miles. It seems to me that running a marathon is always really high up on that list, but then I see so many people do that. So why do, why do you think that people always think that running a marathon is this unachievable thing? Well, I think, first of all, we, man, I got into a long conversation with people around the office about this yesterday. Part of it is fear of the unknown. And, and that's certainly true. We have all ran in some capacity at some point and probably didn't enjoy it that much, uh, whether it was for an athletics or you're an athletic team or you're trying to do it for exercise. And for me, it was, man, I, I, I don't think I could ever go that far. So I have this little graph that we'd like to think about imagine it being little quadrants. And this is really, really simple. If something is, you know, easy or not easy and fun or not fun. If, if it was a quadrant, that first quadrant would be things that are easy and fun. We do those things, right? They're fun. They're easy. We like to do them. It comes naturally to us. We do those things. If they're fun but challenging, we will still more than likely do that because like, man, that's a challenge. But I love to do it. I love that challenge. And for some people, running or exercise might be in that fun yet challenging category. And for some people, it's it's just not fun. And then if you go further down on the quadrant, you have things that are are, uh, hard. Um, I'm sorry, not hard. And or yeah, not hard and not fun. And that's where marathoning came into me. If it's easy, <laughs> if it's easy and not fun, think about filing paperwork. For some people, that's easy and fun. Yeah. But for most people, it's like, man, I'm doing this tedious Excel document, or I'm I'm inputting these numbers, or I'm I'm doing something that's pretty tedious. It's not very much fun. Um, but it's super easy. We can do those, they're kind of mindless, but whatever. But if it's not fun and not easy, I think our response to that is like, no, thank you. But you look at the most disciplined people on earth, the highest achievers are the ones that are willing to tackle things in their life that are not easy and not fun. And marathoning was that way for me. And I'm not saying I'm the most successful person around, but I will say that it taught me so many lessons of, hey, once I learned how to run in a group and I'm a social runner. So if you and I went running, Evan, the two of us, we decided right now, let's go run down the block. Uh, or let's go run five or six miles. I would talk to you the entire time <laughs> because I love the social aspect of it. When when are we going to be completely focused on each other? 
and be able to talk to each other the whole entire time. And so I found something inside that, that I really liked. And the challenge was always there. So I was able to make it more fun because it got a little bit easier for me because we we're able to find the things I like to do um, because it became that social aspect. But in, in all reality, I mean, the applicable lesson for me most of the time was like, hey, those things that are not fun and not not easy, I should do those more often. I should really focus on those because that's where real improvement comes. That's where the most noticeable gains come from for me. It's like, hey, I'm a businessman. I'm going to take on this task. And we're going to, you know, when we're reaching out to new corporations or new uh, businesses and saying, I want to kind of take on this industry. And man, that's this is going to be really tough. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to put in some long hours. Those are the opportunities where we have the most gain. Those are the ones where we learn the most. And at the end of the road, it's like, man, now we know where we're at and where we can go. I don't know if that even makes sense to you. That's a long diatribe about running, but that's kind of how, it, <laughs> how how we did it. I mean, that's that for me was like, I got to find the ways to make it fun, but also continue that challenge and push. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Whenever I think about running and talking at the same time, that would probably be a, a struggle for me at first because I you have to breathe somewhere in between there. See, so I would do probably is, be doing a lot of listening. <laughs> you just got to listen, Evan. You just let me talk and we'll go. We'll make a good partnership while we're running. All right. Hey, I can I, I can definitely do that. And you'll be like, man, that Evan guy is really smart. Like he only said a little <laughs> bit, but when he did, it was like right on point. <laughs> but one of the things that I was thinking about when you were saying that, and it actually kind of ties into like an article that I wrote a little while back, and the the byproduct of discomfort and getting outside of your comfort zone is endurance. And right. that endurance is the actual thing that gets you through to finishing that marathon or finishing that task that you're trying to do. If you didn't have that discomfort, you would not have the endurance. And if you didn't have the endurance, you wouldn't be able to actually finish what you're trying to do. And it was one of those things that as I was writing it and as I was kind of trying to process, like, how do I communicate this? Because uh, I'm with you. It's, it's all about getting outside that comfort zone because that's where all the magic happens. That's right. where it is. But uh, too often we're in that situation where, and, and I think it ties in perfectly to what you're talking about. We don't have those bucket list thoughts or we don't create that list that makes us uncomfortable. I think the reason that running a marathon is not on my bucket list or is not a desire that I have is because I know the discomfort that will come from it, but I, and what it's going to take to accomplish that. But at the same time, there's also benefits too. Like I'm probably going to lean down. I'll probably get sub 200. I'll probably be, uh, right. Uh, you know, able to obviously run long distances, but, um, you know, I'll be able to maybe fit into those jeans that I, you know, I've had to sit on that, that rack because I haven't been able to even put them on, you know, different yeah, well, things like that. Yeah. I was to say the discipline that I learned from it has carried on for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And, and this, for me, the, the marathon was great running the 26.2 miles. And I think I experienced every emotion underneath the sun during the marathon. I've, I went on to do, I've ran four marathons and about 25 half marathons and a, half Ironman. I really got into running for a while. Wow. And through this process, I mean, the, the, the day of the race was great. And I experienced every emotion and had a wonderful time. Um, and it was tough. I mean, you, you, sometimes really hard, sometimes really fun. Uh, but that training, that's what really made all the difference is building that up and getting to a point to where I could keep, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, build that endurance up. And I think it's interesting you thought about, you talked about bucket thoughts again. So what I like to mm -hmm. do is say, write down your list of, have a wow conversation. So there's wow people and how people, right, Evan? And I don't know which one you are, um, but there, there's not a right or wrong. The wow people say like, we should go market to the top 
50 CEOs in all of Tulsa and let's get them in a room and let's buy them the stuff and let's go on and on and on. And the wow people are like, yes, that's a great idea. And then the how people are saying they support us by saying, well, we'd actually have to reserve a room. We'd have to have this. We'd have to do this. So there's this balance between wow people and how people. And I tell individuals in a workshop, wow conversation. And for the how people, we'll focus on this later. But the wow conversation is get out a piece of paper, get out your phone and legitimately write down the, your goals and dreams and ambitions that you want to do in life. Think big. Don't worry about how you're going to achieve it. So if someday you're like, hey, I want to run a marathon, write it down. Don't worry about the how at the moment, even if you don't think you'd ever be able to do it. Same with getting your PhD, owning your own business, writing a book, becoming a bestseller, you name it, whatever that case may be, write those things down. And then later what we do, once we've written this list down, is we come back and say, okay, if I want to get my PhD, that sounds good and all, but let's make it an actual goal. Let's make it a smart goal. Let's write down, where am I going to go? Let's make it specific. Let's make sure it's attainable. Let's make sure I'm doing all the things necessary. And that first phase might be research and the how part. But eventually, if it's if eventually you want to get your PhD, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens with intentionality. If you want to run a marathon, it happens with intentionality. If you want to start a business, if you want to make a lot of money, it happens with intentionality. And I was really fortunate a few years ago, some business brought in to Tulsa uh, a bunch of really big time speakers. So Colin Powell was there, Joe Montana, um, Zig Ziglar, a few other ones. And I got to sit and listen at the BOK Center to these people speak. And Zig Ziglar was there. And Zig Ziglar at that point had dementia. Um, he was a little bit slower and he was repeating things a lot. And he was telling this story about when he was a young man, when he's like 19 years old, he wrote down a list of all of his goals and dreams and ambitions. And he kept it in his wallet. And I think it had like 97 items on it. And so he was, he was really clear about some of them being travel and some of those items being professional. And he wanted to speak in front of the largest, um, you know, speak in front of the president was on his bucket list. And he wanted to travel to different countries. And it was really interesting because, because of his dimension, he kept coming back to this point. And he mentioned it five or six times of whenever I was 19, I wrote down a list of all the things I want to achieve in my life. And then my whole entire life, I would relook at that list and say, am I achieving the things that I wanted to achieve when I was a young man? Am I moving in the direction I want to move in? And to me, that's a bucket list. Your goals and dreams and inspiration, aspirations is everything that you want to do, see, become, achieve uh, in your whole entire life. It's not just, hey, I want to go to the Coliseum in Rome, which is great. Do that. But it's also I want to start a foundation in my name so I can give people scholarships. I want to help my parents get out of debt or take them on vacation. It's I want to um, give my daughter away to a man who deserves her. It's I want to uh, get my PhD. I want to start my own business. I want to make a million dollars. Whatever those things are, it takes requires intentionality. And for us, that very first process, uh, the very first step is to just literally write it down. Just have some fun, write it down. And if you don't achieve them, that's fine. Um, but statistics and research has shown a year in year out that if you write it down and you're focused on it, then you're more likely to hit it than someone who doesn't. Well, I love that you brought up wow and how, because I'm definitely a how guy. And I've been trying to push myself to be a wow guy. You and I, I would I get along really well, by the way. Wow people <laughs> and how people are naturally attracted to each other. Chances are that that if you're a how person, you end up marrying a wow person or vice versa. So uh, my wife is a how person. 
I was going to say I'm already married, but thank you for that offer. Uh, well, hey, you know, <laughs> we'd be better. No, friends, but it, we could handle that. I I tell you what though, I I whenever I was reading the book The E Myth, I was actually going through like all the different kind of people that they're describing to be successful as entrepreneurs and stuff, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm like a version of all three of these, and I got really <laughs> excited, but then I realized that the one version that I really needed to work on was that that visionary that entre, the entrepreneurial side and pushing myself right. out there and that's the side that I want to chase and I want to be uh, cultivate more and it's ultimately putting myself outside of my comfort zone to do that but as you talk about the wow and the how it ties in perfectly to that mm -hmm. because up until you know a couple of years ago I was always the how guy I, I would hear somebody say we're going to do x y and z or we're already doing x y and z too which would drive me nuts because then I had to figure out how to do it really quickly but uh, ultimately I started to realize that the people that have that vision and have that entrepreneurial spirit to basically say, you know what, this thing doesn't exist, exist yet, but I believe it can, were the people that pushed me to create those things or to help create the mechanisms for those things to right. happen. So uh, now that I, as I've kind of grown in my role in, in the things that I do, I'm realizing I have to be intentional in terms of creating that wow side of myself. And when I do, I surprise myself because I'm like, okay, I didn't think that that actually sounds pretty crazy, but let's, let's, let's give it a shot. But yeah, one thing that you were talking about that uh, uh, when you were talking about your bucket list and talking about the things that you want to do, obviously you said it started with travel and things like that, but at some point it switched over uh, and it was talking not necessarily about things that you wanted to do for yourself. It wasn't about you anymore. But right. Some of the things on your bucket list actually progressed into doing things bigger than you and doing things for other people. And I, I want to kind of give you a chance to, to develop that thought a little bit more because I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, so let me tell you, my dad, my father um, worked as a dairy farmer until he was about 33 years old, until I was about seven or eight years old. And the dairy business went south and he wasn't able to be a farmer any longer. And then he worked at a paper factory his whole, uh, my whole upbringing, the rest of my uh, youth. And so I graduated from college, actually. My sisters and I graduated from college and my dad went back to college, got a degree, got his master's degree, and now he's a counselor. And on my bucket list was, I wanted to take a trip with my father. And and the reality, the, the, the idea behind it was more, I want to spend time with my dad and let him know everything he sacrificed and everything he did and all the opportunities he gave for us like that, that meant so much to me and that my dad was my biggest hero and that, that he was someone that I could, um, that I believe in and someone that I could, uh, rely on. And so when he graduated, I took him on a trip. Now I might've done that trip anyways, Evan, I don't know. Um, it's kind of hard to tell now, but I, the fact that it was on my list and it was something that was in my conscious and something that I really want to be intentional about meant that when that moment came that he graduated college and I was able to take him on a, we went to Moab, Utah, to Canaanlands National Park and to Arches National Park and we camped out and I was able to spend that time with my dad and it was just me and dad and I was able to tell him everything that I really hadn't told him up to my life, up to that point in my life. Um, it allowed me to be intentional with that and to give, you know, give that to my father. So that's one example on a personal level, but I really, I focused on, I said this, you know, I want to, I want to have a foundation where I'm helping um, first generation students going to college. Um, I want to be able to write grants. I want to be able to, 
to give a scholarships to people who can't haven't had the opportunities. And so right now, because that's something I want, I can't do that just in full transparency. I can't do that right now. I mean, I can't afford it. And so right now though, if that's what I want to do in my life, how am I setting myself up to do those things? And it is really cool whenever you sit down and to have this wow conversations, how much it changes into a place of why am I here? What's my purpose? How do I do this? Like, how can I give back? How can I use the opportunities that I've been given and, and do that so that I can make a difference on this earth? And so that's kind of, for me, that, that deeper meaning comes um, through that intentionality. I appreciate you sharing the story about your dad, because that, for me, actually hit pretty pretty close to home because I, I didn't take my dad camping, but I actually wrote him a letter because my dad doesn't really talk that much. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, he's, he's very kind of closed and guarded. And, uh, when, when I finally became a father and I had kids and I kind of reflected upon my time as a kid, I realized some of the sacrifices that he made. And I, I realized that I had never said thank you for that. Right. And so for me, I, I crafted this letter and I, took him out to eat and I read it to him and I couldn't even, I'm not an emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't even make it through the letter because as I was reading it to him, I was just like, I don't know. It's just like this huge release was happening of just, you know what, you are my dad and you've really sacrificed for me and I'm here because of you and been able to uh, be successful because of you and, and essentially, essentially stand on the shoulders of giants. Right. Even though the things that he did wasn't anything like, you know, gr- you know, huge or extraordinary, but it was enough to propel me and to allow me to take that many more steps forward instead of starting from ground zero. So um, thank you for sharing that because that's one of the things that, you know, being intentional is not always about just making certain decisions. It's about taking action when those thoughts come. If you hadn't have done that trip, you probably wouldn't have as close of a relationship with your father as you do today. And I think a lot of times, you know, when you're hanging out with friends or you're hanging out with family members, if you have that thought come across your mind, hey, man, man, I just really love you. I, I really appreciate you or I really just value your opinion or your friendship. Go ahead and say those things. It does not right. cost anything for you to say that. And I guarantee you, you will have a much more fulfilled life and much more fulfilled friendships if you actually allow those things to come out. And I think as men, we hold a lot of that stuff in because we want to be cool. We don't want to, we don't want to uh, communicate that stuff because then we look weak or we look like, you know, we're just these big emotional babies. But I would venture to say, and, and hopefully help shift people's mindsets that, you know, if you can go and allow yourself to be that open, to share those thoughts and share those things that you're thinking you're actually going to uh, impact people's lives greater than you possibly could, uh, right? Could, greater than you could imagine. So, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Oh, no but problem. I, I I did want. I was thinking about something when you were talking uh, about being intentional and, and helping other people and and doing these grandiose things. And I think for you, because you've been through that, a lot of people are going to be saying, okay, well, you know, Ryan's obviously a guy who's, you know, gifted for this. He's, he's a guy who's, you know, the, the, the switch is flipped, but there's no way that I could do it. Um, and, and ultimately, well, he's had this extent, you know, extenuating amount of circumstances to allow him to be in this position where that's not a challenge for him, but, you know, I obviously could not do that. And I, I, I liken that to the imposter syndrome. Like, well, obviously, you know, this person is a Senator or this person became president or this person of course is running a company because of X, Y, and Z. 
And I think a lot of times people deal with that imposter syndrome, like, well, yeah, they could do it, but there's no way that I can. And so I, I just want to kind of take the opportunity to say, is it, tr is it, is it completely possible that you've had self-doubt at some point uh, and struggled with some of these decisions? Or are you one of those very rare people that <laughs> at, at no point um, do you have any second thought about the things that you've writing, writing down on paper, or creating those wild moments? Well, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's funny you say that. <laughs> Uh, there was some sarcasm a, in there. Yeah, no, and I'm a very, I'm a very confident, I'm a very confident individual. Um, I'm very fortunate to be so. But I think that it's so just this conversation of I'm, I'm trying right now to sleep with my phone away from the bed. So I told you about the habit tracker. This, yeah. this like I'm That's tracking probably on your phone <laughs> every single day. Yeah, my habit tracker is on my phone, and I'm going to pull it up right now, and I'm going to tell you that. I have, it's been a little slow to load, but I have slept with the phone away from the bed probably 24% uh, of the year. And I'm on an eight-day streak of not doing it. And I, it's so funny because it's like, man, I know I need to sleep better because I want to do better on my dreams and goals and aspirations. <laughs> but I'm looking at small things. I'm like, I can't, I can't even do that. So I had a huge reservation about PhD. My sister has her PhD. My sister, my other sister has her doctorate degree. And I have this reservation of that's a seven year process, five, six, seven year process. And I have to do a ton of research and man, I, I don't like research. And, and it goes back to that. Can I do it? I mean, I'm sure I can. I, I know that I can. I'm starting my doctoral program in the spring, whether I can do it or not. I'm, I'm, we're going to find out and I'm nervous about it and I'm hesitant. I've been hesitant. The reason I haven't, I graduated with my master's degree in 2008 and here it is 2017. I haven't started my doctoral program because I'm hesitant because I'm scared because I'm nervous that I'm not going to be able to do it, that I'm going to fail, that I don't have enough time or discipline to be able to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, I do struggle with that sometime. And so when we talk to, when we talk to people and we say, we know that's very real, what is literally in the, in David Allen, getting things done style, the book, getting things done. What is literally the first thing that I have to do to get my doctoral degree? And it is to research what programs I can go into and it's research how much they're going to cost and how long they are, how many hours I have to do. Um, what do I have to do to get accepted? I can do those things. I can do that. Like, I know I can do that research. I can go on Google and look up uh, where the programs are at. I can do that. So I, I don't know. Monumental six, seven years down the road, it seems like, hey, I'm going to tackle this uh, all at the same time. But no, in all reality, I go back. First thing for me to do is research. Next is um, to apply and get admitted. And then I have to enroll. And then I start class. And then it's one class at a time. And you get there. Uh, when you get there, but being intentional about knowing what the steps are. And so that's for me. Yes. I mean, the answer is, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant about a lot of things. I, I want to go to on my bucket list is go to all seven continents. I've been to five. Um, but I also put down the other day that I wanted to go to the South pole and the North pole. Mm -hmm. And as a wild part, even as a wild person, that's like, whoa, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> that's kind of dumb. And I, and if I told somebody that they're like, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I don't know. But I know what my next step is, and that is to do the research on how it's possible. And I may never do it. I may never do it, and that's going to be okay. But I'm going to learn and try to figure out how to do it. Well, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Are you ready? Okay, let's hear it. All right. So one of the guests that we had on um, uh, 
probably about 20, 30 episodes is a guy named Martin Fry. And Mar- okay. Martin Fry is deemed the most adventurous man on the planet. Okay. Which is a pretty big title. He has the Guinness World Record for being the first person to climb the seven summits, so the highest summit on every continent, and wow. sail the seven seas. So I got the honor to hear Martin talk a little bit about his summit of Everest. And that just was kind of my first introduction to him. And since then, I've been able to have him on the podcast and just talk about just audacious goal setting and just kind of figuring out some of these things that you would have never thought possible. Right. Uh, and, and, and actually having the ability to talk to a person that's achieved that. Martin just crossed the North Pole uh, about a month and a half ago. So now he's completed, which is, I guess, the uh, expeditionist trifecta. I don't, I don't even know what the term is for it. But he's basically been to the North Pole and to the South Pole. So I can tell you first and foremost, it's it has been done. And I know somebody who's done it. So I can try to connect you with him. That's awesome. And, and, and it's the idea of like I'm intentional about it. And if because I speak about it and because I talk about it, then I make connection with people who have done it or have had that experience. And I can know which way to go. Can I do it right now? No, I can't. I know I can't. I'm too busy. I have young kids. I've got the business. Could I do it in 10, 15, 20 years potentially? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't know. So let's, let's, let's get out there and learn about it. That's really cool though. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. When you talk to it, I encourage you to check it out. I'll put a link for that in the podcast too. But I, what the whole point of what I was trying to get at before was, you know, when we find people like, uh, the people that I talk to on the podcast, people like you, I think it's important to also kind of put that little bit of a reality check in there because, you know, my audience, the people that are listening to this podcast are are those young business leaders. They're the ones that are just graduating from college, just starting in the workforce, just starting a family. Uh, obviously, the audience expands bigger than that. But I think a lot of times when they look at uh, people um, that are on podcasts or putting themselves out there like you do, they, they'll kind of con- concede that this guy's an expert. This guy's uh, achieved these things. And that at this point now, it's everything's easy for him. And I and I, I want to try to communicate that it's not always that that way. It's it it is difficult. It is still pushing yourself out outside of your comfort zone and making uh, making yourself uncomfortable so that you can achieve those things. Because you know ultimately, if we can help those people uh, grow, then they're going to be that much more uh, ahead in life than they are. Are today for me i struggled to start a podcast i didn't want to start a podcast i wanted to but then i thought to myself well you know there's dave ramsey there's zig ziglar there's right uh, you know john maxwell there's all these tony robbins there's all these amazing coaches out there who's gonna care what i have to say you know and that's that imposter syndrome sneaking up on me and at the same time i was like i don't have anything to say but then what <laughs> what i realized was as i kind of got a little bit further along i was like you know what i probably don't have a lot to say to somebody who's 60 years old and getting ready to retire or somebody who's older right. than me that's running a company but somebody who's trying to take the steps to get to the point where they've you know achieved a, a high level in a company or have been able to get a multi-million dollar client or do some of these other things i got a lot to say to those guys because i've been yeah. i've been there and i've done that and it's relatable because there's not a big gap between me and them and so sometimes it's just a matter of changing your perspective and changing the position that you're in and saying you know what it's not that i can't do it or that i don't have anything to say it's making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there and allowing that to happen and and you talked a little bit about fear about you know being afraid that you might not be able to achieve it i would venture to say that sometimes when you're in those situations you have to just look at fear in the face and say you know what i'm okay with failure because it's going to propel me and and create that endurance that's going to get me to that next level right 
Absolutely. 100%. Speaking wisdom there, my friends. I try, you know, every, every podcast, I try to drop just a little bit. Um, so that if I, if I, if I use it all up at once, then I won't have any more podcasts to do and then I'll be bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I want to kind of give you the last word. We, we've, we've obviously covered a, a full range of topics, but, uh, I, I definitely want to give you a little bit of an opportunity to talking about, uh, when, when your life doesn't become about you anymore when it com becomes about okay. other people. So if you don't mind, kind of share a little bit about that and we'll go ahead and wrap it up for the audience. But, you know, as you do that, thank you again for taking the time uh, to speak to my audience, to speak with me. Uh, I, I will put it on my bucket list to run with Ryan Eller. So I'll go, ahead and get, I'll go ahead and get that one written down as long as it's maybe like one lap around a, a track or something like that. I think I can handle that one and talk. After that, I, I may just do a lot of listening. <laughs> well, I don't run particularly fast, so I imagine we can do it. You know, I this idea of what is your what is your purpose? What why are you here? This calling. It's something that we're so I think we're all searching for that meaning of life. And you know, what what am I here for? Why am I supposed to be doing this? And I think that we focus too much on the nouns, the the person, the place, and the thing. And re really our purpose, I think, is a verb. It's bigger than just someone or something because those things change and they move and they adjust. Um, but if you can look at life of, of what is my verb, how can I do Cause the greatest things in ha life happen when you're doing something. And so for me, my verb is to empower. And if I can empower someone, that's when I feel the most fulfilled. And for me, it's, I want to do stuff for me. I want to do stuff that I want to do. And that's going to be really cool. Like I wanted to travel to Machu Picchu. We went to Machu Picchu and I wanted to go. I want to go skydiving. So I went skydiving and that was all good. But the most fulfillment I've seen in my life is whenever I've had the opportunity to use my list, my opportunities, my um, gifts and abilities and talents to give back and empower other people, whether that be through a podcast episode, whether that be through one-on-one -on -one conversation, whether it be through financial uh, donations or giving people jobs or working with clients or having those conversations. So for me, it's putting putting me in a place to where I can empower others to live out life to their fullest. And to me that, I mean, that's the ultimate. I mean, that, that, that has been the way that I've changed the way that I viewed the world in that if I can give back, if I can empower, if I can live out my verb and other people can live out their verbs, then man, I, I feel like I'm, I've done something at the end of the day. And those are what I truly remember. And those that's, and that's to me, that's what it's all about is get to a point to where you can use your opportunities to give back to other people and do the things that you really want to do so that you can make a difference in the world. Man, if you get to that point, you're living an awesome life. I'm not there yet. I'm trying for it, though. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you for taking the time to to empower us, uh, to, to encourage us to go out there, get outside of that comfort zone, uh, focus on those small things, and realize that excellence is a habit. So, Ryan, we'll catch you and everybody else on the next podcast. Thanks, Evan. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. 
Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.